It's time for the Newsmax Daily from Newsmax, America's fastest growing cable news channel. Now, now, here's your host, Rob Carson. The theme for today is everything's Vladimir Putin's fault, by the way. <laughs> Everything. I got to tell you, this president, uh, even more than Bill Clinton, I did not have sex with that woman. It depends on what you consider sex. Anyway, uh, this president is refusing to uh, accept responsibility for anything and everything. It really is. You got to kind of wonder if it's something uh, pathological. There's something happening. There's something in his brain. Maybe it's just this is what happens when you've been in Washington, D.C. As long as you have that you just or maybe it's why you go there in the first place, because you are a sociopath with no feelings whatsoever and you can't accept responsibility for anything. It's almost like you're dealing with a, a lying child who got into the cookies and, and you, you see the cookies on the chin and you got the chocolate, melted chocolate from the chips on the mouth and all that, you know, and the cookie jar's lid is broken at the base of his feet and he's like, Vladimir Putin did it. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, and this is really funny. This is great because, you know, uh, the inflation was uh, transient, trans, and it's not anything to do with being trans. Stop it. But it's transient. It's only going to be here for a little while. And that was last year. It was only going to be here for a little while. Well, apparently it's going to be here for a while. Inflation has broken a new record. 64% of Americans now living paycheck to paycheck with the Biden economy. Now, I'm thinking that a good share of those people are not even making it to the paycheck, <laughs> to be quite honest. Yeah, and that's what I think they kind of want you to have to do. Because if you can't make it to the next payday, then you got to go to the government and get a government check. So as it turns out, inflation not transitory, as many policymakers had suggested last year. The Federal Reserve is expected to make uh, and announce the first of a series of interest rate hikes next year in an attempt to combat rising prices. This is uh, the exact same thing happened that in, the, in the 1970s with Jimmy Carter as the president of the United States. Here's Jen Psaki doubling down on uh, inflation being transitory. Jen, we just heard you say again that you think inflation is going to be temporary. We've heard you say that it was going to be temporary since last spring. So how long do you guys think temporary is? Here we go. Well, again, Peter, I think what we do is we rely on the assessments of the Federal Reserve and of outside economic analysts. The Federal Reserve knows D word for Richard about the economy. Uh, if the economy sucks, they uh, lower the interest rates to zero. If the economy's too hot, they raise the interest rates. How tough can it be? To be Janet frickin' Yellen. She gets like a million dollars for speaking at MasterCard. It's like, oh, no, things are getting pretty bad. Better stop, uh, better put the interest rates to zero. Oh, looks like the economy's doing real well. Let's go ahead and raise them up. Okay, let's do another speech. Who give an assessment of how long it will last. The expectations and their assessment at this point continues to be that it will moderate by the end of the year. There's also no question. That's what you said last year. That when a foreign dictator invades a foreign country, and when that foreign dictator is the head of a country that is the third largest supplier of oil in the, in the world, that that is going to have an impact. And it is. Yeah, well, it all happened last year. And uh, Joe Biden, he's saying that uh, at the same time, today's inflation report is a reminder that Americans, the thing and the thing and the thing, budgets are being stretched by price increases. And uh, families are starting to feel the impacts of Putin's price hike. That's what he says. It's called Putin's price hike. 
is what his problem is, but here's Joe Biden. Today, President Biden responding, saying he's fighting to bring down prices, blaming inflation in large part on what he calls Putin's price hike. But prices surged last month almost entirely before Russia invaded Ukraine. Wow, this is from NBC, so even they're thinking it's a bunch of crap. Ukraine. And inflation has been soaring <laughs> above 5% since yeah. last May. Yeah. Republicans blasting the president. Gas is over $4 a gallon. And what does Joe Biden say? He said it's all blamed on Russia. Energy prices have been going up dramatically from the day he took. Yeah, from the day he took office. Um, and it's because of policy. And it's because he declared war on fossil fuel. And it's because he uh, made us energy dependent again. And he started spending like it was uh, out of control and cheapening the currency and driving inflation up. Anybody who knows anything about an economics, and I, I don't know a whole lot of, about economics, but I'm not stupid. And I do a little bit of research, you know, and it doesn't take much. It, I think I'm going to start using bacon as a currency. Bacon and toilet paper. I think we should start to be a trading society where we just trade goods and services. Because, honestly, uh, the dollar is uh, kind of going down in value, and if it keeps going, you're going to need like a wheelbarrow full of cash to buy a loaf of bread like they do in Venezuela. And, by the way, have you noticed how very much like Venezuela and Cuba we are becoming? And I'm not screwing around. I'm not messing with you. You know, I was kind of down with just saying, let's go, Brandon, but, uh, honestly, I'm just so... Uh, just tired of being uh, played by this this idiot in the White House. Uh, I'm going back to the original, but I'm, I'm not, certainly not going to say it on the air. Yeah, Let's Go Brandon is too polite for this gang of uh, morons uh, who are ruining the country and making it un- impossibly expensive to live, uh, let alone fill your car with gas. So uh, Let's Go Brandon was cute, nice, wink, dodge. I'm going back to F you, uh, Joe Biden. Uh, yeah, and, and then, of course, Joe Biden says uh, this. They've done so much, we don't even know they did it. That act is tomorrow. We should be proud of it. We did so much, people don't even know we did it. We did so much, they didn't even know we did it. What, the, what, is, what does that mean? We've done so much that America doesn't even know we did it. So much, people don't even know we did it. That is the dumbest thing I've heard today, other than what, what I will play from Kamala Harris, which is, uh, I mean, geez, whoa. Uh, I, I said, like a week ago, I said, if you think the best and brightest are represented uh, in the federal government at the higher echelons of power, uh, you would be high. <laughs> you would be absolutely out of your uh, out of your nut. But you know, uh, everything is uh, everything is Vladimir Putin's fault. And you know, it's interesting because on Monday I said that if <clears throat> Biden decided to cut off oil imports from Russia, he would immediately blame everything on Vladimir Putin and the war in Russia, in, uh, in Ukraine. I didn't realize that Jen Psaki would be as so bold as to say it started when Putin started amassing troops on the border a couple of months after Biden took office. So they're blaming the banks and Vladimir Putin for the year run-up before Vladimir Putin invaded Ukraine. That's how bat guano, they're not crazy. They just think you're stupid. Okay, they just think because the mainstream media has been covering their arses for years and and big social media and uh, the the Democrat Party have been covering their butts so that they can get away with anything. Like when Joe Biden said of the prosecutor who was investigating Burisma when Hunter Biden was on the uh, board of directors making a million dollars a year for doing nothing. And Joe Biden literally said on camera that we aren't going to give Ukraine a billion dollars in loan guarantees unless they fire the prosecutor investigating my son's company 
then we take the money away. He said it. And then the media, of course, carried the water for him, and it was no big deal. So now, do you, do you blame him? For saying, hey, listen, we know it. We're, we're the ones who are screwing this up, but uh, let's go ahead and just blame it on Putin and the banks. You know? White House expects inflation will be substantially increasing in coming months. Did you hear that? Yesterday, I had a, a woman named Carol call. <clears throat> Carol, 78 years old. She said, Rob, I went to the grocery store this week and I had to pay $194 for the groceries that a month or so or two months ago were $100. And she said, now I've got to choose between groceries and medicine. And she is on several different meds and she's going to have to not take one because she got to put food on the table. And that's what's happening with you and that's what's happening with others. And I've said this before and, I, and I've been there where you, where you call your sick other and you say, honey, I... I don't, just wanted to know if I should fill the tank or just wait until payday because I don't want us to be so broke by payday and 64% of us are living paycheck to paycheck. So you know what I'm talking about. Just 10 bucks till payday, honey. Yeah, just do 10 bucks. It's two gallons of gas. <laughs> two gallons of gas. White House is expecting substantially higher inflation figures in the coming months, even after February Consumer Price Index posted the highest year-to-year -year rate since 1982. 8% in February. 8% for the month, or for the year, I should say. 8%. Joe Biden says, I know that higher prices impact a family's budget, which is why I'm fighting to bring down the everyday prices that are squeezing Americans. Last week, in coordination with our allies, the U.S. security released 60 million barrels of oil from our strategic reserves, which, by the way, means precisely, say it with me, folks, D-word for Richard. I, and I'm not talking Ricky, because Ricky starts with an R. I'm promoting competition to make sure big corporations are offering consumers fair prices, and I'm pressing Congress to pass my plan to lower the cost of essentials like prescription drugs and energy. Uh, the Democrat Party has been promising that crap for 50 years, and they never do anything about it. And I think the American people are saying, really? Mm, I don't believe you anymore. I don't believe this anymore. Here's more from the president. Let me say this to the oil and gas companies and to the finance firms that back them. And by the way, the finance firms are backing off because the Biden administration is uh, telling banks and telling managers of 401ks to not invest in fossil fuel. We understand that Putin's war against the people of Ukraine is causing prices to rise, but it's no excuse to exercise excessive price increases or padding profits or any kind of effort to exploit the situation or American consumers. And meanwhile, while you're deciding how much gas you can put in your car in the middle of the night last night, uh, the federal government passed an omnibus spending bill with no limits. I mean, they're just going nuts like it was, uh, you know, 1999 and they were partying and they were just partying like it's 1999 and... Uh, you know, no thought about it. Here's Marjorie Taylor Greene talking about that. That has been going through the Appropriations Committee. This is a $1.5 trillion omnibus bill that none of us got to see anything in the bill, in the bill text. We, had we need to figuratively blow up Washington, D.C., the swamp, pave it over, and restart. Again, figuratively. No idea what was in it until this morning when we found out that the Rules Committee, which is a Democrat-controlled committee, and they, they put out their um, 
basically their alert on their website. They did not email any of us. They put it on their website nice. after midnight. Midnight is as in early this morning. Nothing to see here. They put it on their website that the rules committee would be meeting at 1.30 a.m. Nice. I'm just so done with these people. I'm just so done with Washington, D.C. I'm done with Democrats on the left. I'm done with these uh, blue blood conservative, well, not conservatives, Republicans like Mitch McConnell. I'm just done with them, done with them, done with them, done with them. We don't uh, hear enough about uh, those who every day put on a bulletproof guest and go to work and kiss their family goodbye, wondering if it's going to be the last day. So we'll share that in just a moment. But right now it's time for a Who Caught the Stupid Update? So at the end of my radio show and my end of my TV show on Newsmax, which is called Rob Carson's What in the World, I say don't catch the stupid. Now, originally, it was about uh, all the idiocy surrounding COVID mandates and whatnot, and I thought they were excessive and stupid. And then it just it went on to other things, and people just catch stupid because one person mentions a narrative, and then all of a sudden just gets all sorts of stupid. Uh, if you want to watch The View, uh, a lot of the stupid starts there and spreads. They're like the Wuhan lab of stupid on The View, to be quite honest. Anyway, this, uh, this is a headline. Georgia fraudster, 31, used COVID relief funds. Yeah. Vivath Odosami, nailed it, was sentenced to three years in jail after he lied to the Small Business Administration to get an $85,000 COVID relief loan. Now, um, uh, he lied and said that his uh, company had 10 employees when he did not. And so he, he lied to get this loan. Now, the, the same thing has happened. Uh, literally, I've heard 19 to 20% of uh, COVID relief funds were fraudulently spent. And if somebody in charge of that were in the private sector, they would have had their arses fired a long time ago. But also, the, uh, the director of the gallery in New York City, where Hunter Biden did his debut, they have three employees, and he got a half a million dollars from the federal government in COVID relief funds. Did you know that? That's not the stupid part. No, no, no. The stupid part is that this guy who got uh, all this money spent $58,000 on a Pokemon trading card. So he got uh, you know eighty five thousand dollar relief loan, and he spent <laughs> he spent fifty eight thousand dollars on a Pokemon trading card. My son used to have these when he was a kid. Uh, it could be worth a fortune. So uh, he has uh, pled guilty to a single count of wire fraud and uh, said in a legal filing that he submitted false information to the U.S. Small Business Administration last year when applying for the COVID-19 relief loan for an entertainment service business he claimed to own. Uh, he has to pay back the loans amount and $10,000 fines and serve three years of uh, supervised probation. But there you go, 58000 dollars for a Pokemon traded card. I'd call that pretty stupid. Stupid, 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 stupid. People, 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 people. Just stupid, stupid. Stupid as stupid does, Mr. Blue. Stupid. Yeah, there you go. That's uh, that's pretty stupid. There were a couple of college students went to Mar-a-Lago, did an interview with Donald Trump. And the podcast was called the Full Sin Podcast. And uh, these four college kids got famous with their YouTube channel called the Nelk Boys, N-E-L-K Boys. And here's what Donald Trump had to say. One of the things he had to say is, ladies and gentlemen, we have a new axis of evil in the world. 
And uh, I'll let the president explain what that access is in the three countries involved. And just to finish off, the worst thing that's happening is that this administration and Obama, but this administration, Biden and Obama, and I was breaking it up, they have forced Russia and China together. They are now wonderful partners and add one add one third country to it, Iran. Ding, ding. So they now have Russia, Iran and China. They mm. have forced them together with their stupid foreign policy. Yes. And there's never been anything like it. These people are incompetent and the media is allowing it to happen. The media is trying to say, oh, isn't this wonderful? This is so great. They don't say, we have a world now that's more dangerous than ever before. The incompetence of Obama and the incompetence of Biden mm -hmm. has forced Russia, think of it, Russia and China, from the time you're young people, you read that's the one you don't want to ever force. And they were natural yep. enemies because of their border. You never want to force them together. They've been forced together. And now you add Iran because they're in the group, too. I said when Joe Biden was uh, uh, installed as the president, I won't say elected because uh, I think the election was a bunch of crap, to be quite honest. And uh, more and more information about that comes out every day. And if you want to challenge me, please bring it. Please bring it. I'd, I'd love you to bring it because I got plenty of evidence. Um, but I said it's a matter of getting to 2022 before so much damage can be done. I never realized how much damage could be done. Look at what's going on in the world. Look at what's going on in your grocery store. Look what's going on in your gas pump. I never imagined this sort of combination of woeful ignorance and hatred of the country as founded could manifest itself in such a fashion. Here is more from the President of the United States, Donald Trump. Administration in there, there would be no war, number one. Yeah. And number two, uh, energy prices would have been down war or... This is, of course, Donald Trump stating the obvious that if he was in office now. No war, they would have been very low because we were dominant. We were becoming, uh, I call it energy dominance. We were dominant in energy and getting more so by the day. Well, why wouldn't, why wouldn't there have been a war? Because you were in office? No, because I understood Putin. I talked to Putin. I spoke to him about Ukraine. And I said, don't do it. And I won't go into the exact conversation, but... Uh, I think he said something like, don't do it or I'll kick your ass. Uh, under certain... Uh, uh, if certain people ask, I'll tell them exactly what the conversation was. But we look weak. We look stupid. Mm -hmm. We look like we don't know what we're doing. And nobody's ever seen the country like this. Uh, and uh, let me tell you, it really began not only with a horrible weak border, but it really began when they so incompetently withdrew from Afghanistan. I Amen. It broadcast incompetence to the entire world. Got it down to 2,000 soldiers. We were going to withdraw, but we weren't leaving $85 billion worth of equipment. We weren't leaving dead soldiers and i spoke to the taliban the leader abdul and i said don't ever kill any of our soldiers don't ever kill one more soldier we're going to hit you harder than you've ever been hit before and we went 18 months without a soldier being killed without an american being think of it without an american being killed in afghanistan not democrat run chicago or new york but in afghanistan <sighs> 
If I were him, I might get tired of being so right all the time. Yeah, but maybe not. Maybe not. Hey, guys, it's Carson. While we have every indication President Trump is planning to run in 2024, has yet to formally announce his intentions, but as you're probably aware, he's been actively holding Save America rallies with one just this weekend in Florence, South Carolina, and one this coming weekend in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. As we wait to see what's next for President Trump, Mike Huckabee is on a mission to teach our kids about Trump's achievements during the first term and his vision to save America. Governor Huckabee's team has put together the Kids Guide to President Trump, and he wants you to have it for free as part of a great free gift bundle. To get your free Kids Guide to President Trump gift bundle, I want you to go to trumpkidsguide.com. That's trumpkidsguide.com. But please don't wait. These free gift bundles have been going quickly. Grab one for your family before it's too late at trumpkidsguide.com. And here is uh, Peter Ducey again. <laughs> I'm talking to Jen Saki and just poking his stick. Just one more yeah. about electric vehicles. You guys are pushing electric vehicles today. This is a president who always talks about the power of our example. Mm-hmm. Does he own an electric vehicle? Well, I don't know. Why don't you ask Vladimir Putin if he has an electric vehicle? Presidents of the United States don't do a lot of driving. Maybe he doesn't have an electric vehicle. Do you ever think about that? He's posted videos where he's revving the engine of his Corvette in Wellington. He owns cars. And he also has driven electric vehicles as president. As, as to Never give a- owned one, actually. It wasn't important to own one. I mean, they've been around for a really long time. I think the first one came out about 1999. It was a, it was a Honda. I remember it. Model to the rest of the country. Does he own one? I think the president's record on this is clear, Peter. Presidents of the United States, current, and when they are no longer, typically are not doing a lot of driving. Go. There you go. Let's wave that off. Like, uh, Diana, you know. Biden administration concerns that about climate change hampered plans to send more natural gas to European countries so they wouldn't have to rely on Putin's resources. We were that concerned about uh, climate change, even though some of the biggest champions of climate change, like Barack Obama, have $30 million worth of luxurious homes at sea level. And John Kerry, the climate czar, flies a private jet everywhere and has multiple mansions but he's still saying that i mean you think this uh, this whole uh, ukrainian refugee streaming across the border to poland is bad just wait till the climate change does the thing with the the thing and the immigration stuff we're already seeing climate refugees around the world if you think migration has been a problem in europe from the syrian war or even from what we see now where do you see 100 million people for whom the entire food production capacity has collapsed. Um, And this is the same sort of crap that people like you and uh, Al Gore have been pushing for 35 years, 40 years, even 50 years. And it's always been wrong. The amazing thing, I'm just going to, just hold on one second here. Al Gore and and leftists in this country want to push us towards uh, getting rid of fossil fuels because they want to destroy our economy, among other things. Um, one of the things about them is, uh, you know, they, they've been predicting the end of the world. And, and, you know, the amazing thing about everybody in history who has predicted the end of the world, everybody, 100%, what is the one commonality of every single person in the history of mankind who has said the world is going to end a thousand years from now, 10 years from now, 10 years from now, 10 years from now, which is what Al Gore, Al Gore has done. 10 years, 10 years, three times he said 10 years the world is not going to be able to be fixed. You know what the one thing in common they have is? They've all been wrong. Yeah. 
They've all been uh, they've all been completely wrong. Thought you should know. Thought you should know. Uh, Green Energy advocate uh, Jennifer Granholm pleads with fossil fuel executives to up productions. <laughs> This is so great. This is so great. This is the abusive, uh, the abusive relationship thing. It's like you know, and I know the way I treated you last time, and I took away you know your ability to drill on federal lands, and uh, and I uh, you know, talked badly about you in press conferences and said you were going to ruin, and you were greedy, and you were, you know, you were uh, you know gouging people and all that. But will you do me a favor, will you just because our we're just really sucking wind as far as ratings. Could you just go ahead and uh, start producing more uh, petroleum products? She literally said it. She asked. Uh, uh, she said that she asked fuel companies, fossil fuel executives, at a conference to increase production levels to stabilize the market and to minimize harm to American families. Now uh, we'll let you do this for a while, and then we're gonna. Continued wrecking you, okay? Kind of stupid. Uh, she asked them to start producing right now during remarks at uh, the Sarah Week by S&P Global Conference, whatever, whatever, taking place in Houston. Uh, we have the responsibility uh, to increase short-term supply where we can right now to stabilize the market and to minimize harm to American families. And that means releases from the strategic reserves across the world like we've done. Well, there's a giant strategic reserve in the United States. There's actually several of them. Uh, under South Dakota, under North Dakota, under the Rocky Mountains, and in Alaska. So uh, there's Jennifer Grandhol. It's so funny. We'll abuse you, abuse you, abuse you. Then we expect you to come back. I think that's kind of funny. One of my favorite guests joins us on the Newsmax hotline right now. You can find him on Twitter at Gordon Chang. He is the author of The Coming Collapse of China. He is a, uh, an expert in China. He is also uh, a brilliant pundit as well and a friend of the show. Gordon Chang, welcome. Oh, thanks so much, Rob. I really appreciate this. Glad to have you on today. I was noticing a couple of your tweets, and, and this is powerful stuff, and I'd like you, I think you're saying what America has in its heart. One tweet you said, resist, never surrender, prevail. Fight for what's right. This is our last chance, and people just got to be free. Why don't you tell me what's going through your mind with world events right now that is in your heart with regard to China, Russia, and all that? We've got our back against the wall, Rob. Um, you know, we not only have the problems in our own country, but we have China and Russia ganging up together on Ukraine. And indeed, they not only attacked Ukraine, but effectively they've attacked the international order. Um, because once you have big, um, big states start to redraw the map by force, this just does not go well, as we saw twice last century um, in those two big global conflicts. This one could go global as well, um, especially because um, as Russia uh, tries to gobble up the Eastern Europe, we see the Chinese with designs on India, Japan, the Philippines, um, Taiwan, Bhutan, Nepal, the list just goes on. And it's also their proxies, North Korea, Iran, Pakistan, maybe even Algeria. This is exceedingly dangerous. We've got two big countries, China and Russia, with leaders who now have very low thresholds of risk. We don't have margin for error. But let me ask you this, because um, I've, I've been postulating this in my, in my mind, and you're an expert on this. Um, China, a possible military conflict with the United States, wouldn't that be incredibly detrimental to China uh, financially, just because we are... Uh, they have been suckling on our, our nation's teat for a very long time. Uh, don't you suppose that would be kind of like uh, an ec economic version of mutually de assured destruction? Well, if it were a full-scale war, 
Yes, um, but we've got to remember that China has been picking off Americans here <laughs> and there. Um, and this has really been dangerous. I mean, so, for instance, China's regime pushes fentanyl. Fentanyl wow. has killed about 100,000 Americans a year in, in recent years. Um, COVID-19, which China's leaders deliberately spread beyond their border. We don't know how the pathogen started, mm -hmm. but we do know that the Chinese leaders lied about its contagiousness, and while they were locking down their own country, they were pressuring other countries to accept arrivals from China without yeah. restrictions. Yeah. You put those two things together, and it means that the six million, more than six million deaths outside China, each one of those is a murder. And that now includes 966,000 Americans, according to Johns Hopkins. So, yes, um, this is warfare, Chinese style. They've been fighting it. We've not been resisting. And we've been losing Americans. Did you see the headline this morning? Uh, were the Bidens making money off of Ukrainian biolabs as well? You know, we've heard about the tie between uh, EcoHealth Alliance, the United States government, and the Wuhan lab. And now there's word coming out that Rosemont Seneca Technology Partners, an offshot of Rosemont Capital, may have uh, invested in a company that uh, was doing the same thing in Ukraine. What do you think about a Biden, Hunter Biden connection to that? Um, we don't know enough about okay, that particular right. case, but we know a lot about other ones. Yeah. And we see um, transactions between, for instance, China and Hunter Biden that don't exist in the absence of corruption. And even though um, Hunter Biden said that he has given up um, and uh, severed his connections with BHR Partners, which is the, the fund management company in question, um, he's still listed as an owner. So... Um, you know, I am not going to say that any story about the Biden family is false until it's proven uh, yeah. to be false. Yeah. I believe I believe that he is disconnected from that company like he's disconnected from cocaine and hookers. Uh, you know, I don't think so. <laughs> yeah, I don't think so. And, you know, this thing about cocaine and hookers, yes. um, the, you know, he's probably engaged in questionable activities uh, in on Chinese soil, which means that the Chinese regime has mm. evidence of this. Yes. which means that they could use that as blackmail against the dad, um, and we might never know about that. So um, this is really a problem, especially since the ages of some of those hookers might not exactly be socially uh, acceptable. Yes. Now, also, there was a report that the Secret Service was not going to release logs, uh, travel logs of Hunter Biden going to China with his father. We also know that he uh, forsook or waved off Secret Service protection while he was in China, while his father was vice president, and uh, went out and did business dealings on his own. Are we any closer to finding out the truth on that? Have you heard anything new on that front, or do you have thoughts about it? Um, we don't know anything more than what has been reported, um, but that is extremely suspicious. Um, especially, <laughs> it is dangerous for any American, especially one as prominent as Hunter Biden, uh, to not have security in China. So um, that has to be up to no good, um, because he didn't want the Secret Service to know what he was doing. Let me ask you about this. Right now, wheat is becoming incredibly expensive. Uh, when I was a kid, I remember I grew up on a farm in Iowa, and it was always like, you know, you paid attention to how much the price per bushel was, whatever. Right now, wheat's about $13, $14 a barrel and going through the ceiling. And I know, and I've read this morning, China is a major producer, and they are stockpiling. So uh, yeah. Tell me about uh, that. What's going on? Because I think the next big crisis in the world is going to be food. 
It's certainly going to be food. Um, it's going to hit third world countries. Um, it's also going to hit China, Rob, because China, um, you know, although it, it produces wheat and other and rice, it is um, has a worsening food crisis. It is becoming each year progressively less self-sufficient. So for China, um, the problem about wheat and Ukraine is a major um, problem for them, which they don't have answers to. Um, you know, the United States is fortunate. Um, we're self-sufficient in food. And as this world goes forward, those countries that are self-sufficient in essential commodities, food, energy, whatever, they're going to be successful. And countries like China, um, which are depend on that, um, they're going to be in trouble because they're going to be forced to do things to assure um, supplies. Let me ask you this on a personal note. Uh, what do the grocery stores uh, look like where you are? They're, they're okay. Um, what we've been seeing over time, though, is that uh, goods that are locally produced are available um, all the time. Um, but there are um, sort of bare um, shelves where it comes to things that have to be transported long distances. You know, so far, it's, it's okay. It's much better than it was, for instance, um, six months ago. Um, but this is, you know, it's a shock for Americans because, you know, you go into um, uh, stores that sell um, toys and stuff like that. There are still bare shelves, and mm-hmm. I can see it at the local pharmacy in yeah. our town. Yeah, uh, it's interesting. And, and I look at this as kind of a bellwether for uh, how the economy is going, because I, I shop a, a large uh, part of my grocery shopping is at Walmart. And the ramen noodle aisle is always low. And it, what's the cheapest food available at the grocery store? It's that it's that uh, four uh, square packages of ramen for a dollar. And honestly, I'm not kidding. It's sold out half the time that I go in. And literally on Thursday when they replenish it, I go in, I get the beef-flavored ramen for my daughter. She likes that. Not the, the good stuff in the bowl. She gets the stuff, the square stuff that you know everybody ate in college. <laughs> so see that. This Go ahead. is really important, Rob, um, yeah. because of all the companies that uh, uh, source in China, Walmart has taken extraordinary steps to make sure that it does have products. So if Walmart is running out of something, oh, yes. it means there's a real crisis because other stores which don't have the pull that Walmart has um, are going to be really second, third, fourth in line. Um, to get shipping, to get all sorts of logistics necessary to get their products to their shelves. And it's funny because there have been times, literally, I've never had this happen before, Gordon, when you go to Walmart and I've had, I've talked about three open sections of the meat aisle, empty, mostly chicken, gone. You got to go back two or three times to get chicken breasts. Uh, In the freezer section, uh, four or five sections, no food at all in them. No food at all, and it could—it kind of varies on what it is. Frozen pizza, you'll see uh, one week it, it looks like it's fairly full, and then for two weeks, two entire sections completely empty. I've never seen that before, and I think it's very, uh, very troubling. Just one more thought on this. Uh, what about uh, Donald Trump had hinted the other day that Iran, China, Russia, the new axis of evil? Um, it sounds like they are working together, particularly Russia and uh, and China, with regard to China offloading some of its oil that we aren't buying anymore. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, uh, President Trump is right about that. That is the new axis of evil. Um, clearly, um, you see Russia and China, and this has been, of course, discussed because of uh, Russia, uh, China financing Russia's invasion. But also, you know, it's, it's Iran, um, because... Um, you know, a number of presidents um, have not uh, sanctioned China for surreptitiously buying Iranian oil in violation of uh, our sanctions. 
So this is not a good story, um, but clearly um, when you look at Tehran, Beijing, and Moscow, um, they are working closely together. And this was very, made very clear last couple of days when Russia was talking about asking for relief of U.S. sanctions because the Biden administration wanted to deal with Iran, and uh, Russia was offering to help uh, put that together, which is a really bad idea from our yeah. viewpoint. Um, but clearly, Russia and Iran and China and Iran are working very, very tightly. Well, there is uh, there certainly is good and evil in the world. Um, uh, usually evil loses, good uh, prevails. Otherwise, uh, you know, Hitler's nephew would be the chancellor of Germany right now. Um, you have another tweet at this troubled moment and at all other times. Prayer helps. I agree 100 percent, my friend. Thanks for having uh, be, being on the show. Thanks for having me on your show today, Gordon. Uh, <laughs> Well, no, 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 no. It's it's me thanking you yeah. for being on your great show, yeah. and, and it's really important to raise the issues you're raising. So, well, uh, I, I I love doing it. I'm, I feel like it's a gift uh, to be able to do it and to have people on like you. It's wonderful. Uh, you got a couple of great books: the coming collapse of China, the great U.S.-China tech war, and of course you're on Twitter as well at Gordon Chang. So, uh, thanks for coming on. Hope to have you on again, sir. Thank you so much, Rob. Thanks for listening to the Newsmax Daily with Rob Carson. Check your cable guide or NewsmaxTV.com. Or watch free on YouTube, Roku, Apple, Pluto, Zumo, Amazon Fire, and your smart TV. Newsmax, America's fastest-growing cable news channel. Check NewsmaxTV.com for details.